Yes, God willing, two weeks ago, before I traveled, I had started a series. Uh, I was continuing my series on kingdom behavior and I had gotten to sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. Sacrifice. Yes, and I defined sacrifice as doing something sacred to a deity that is beyond usual. When you make a sacrifice, it means that you are literally doing something that is beyond the usual, going beyond the call of duty to do something for a deity or for a god or for a spirit for or for someone. When you move beyond the call of duty to do something for someone or for a deity, it is termed as sacrifice. Somebody says sacrifice. Sacrifice. In fact, when if you see the way it's raining and it's cold and you woke up from your bed and you still made a sacrifice to be here, it is part of sacrifice. Amen? Amen. Because some of you live very far but you went against the odds and still beat the rains somehow to be here. In fact, somebody came here with their last coin. They don't have even money for food but the last money they have, they still use it to I mean, get a matatu to be here. That is also what? Sacrifice. Yes. Anything you do that is beyond normal, beyond the call of duty, is termed at what? Sacrifice. sacrifice. Most of the time, we are very quick to sacrifice for certain people, but most people don't deem it as very necessary to sacrifice for God. Let me give you an example. When you, when somebody that you cherish and you love and you appreciate requests for 2,000 from you, oh, ah, 2,000, ah, that is not a problem. Just get it. But now when you come to the house of God and you are supposed to give an offering of 2,000, hey, I'm giving an offering of 2,000. The same 2,000 that you gave to your girlfriend or your boyfriend that you seemed not to have value automatically gains value when you come to church. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yeah, strangely, it becomes big in your eyes because many people are easy, I mean, find it easy to sacrifice to ordinary men, but find it difficult to sacrifice to God. And we need to learn how to move beyond the call of duty and honor God. Because you see, he is the first person that sacrificed for us. The Bible says he gave his only begotten son. He had only one son and he was willing to give it to become a sacrificial offering so that you will have eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. Eternal life. Yes, we have eternal life in Christ Jesus because God was ready to make a sacrifice. I told you last time that your, when you pray, your prayer helps you. When you pray, you are trying to assess God. But one thing that God can identify it with you is your sacrifice. Somebody shall sacrifice. sacrifice. Because God has never prayed to anyone. God the Father doesn't pray to no one. But God once upon a time sacrificed so he can identify with you when you make a sacrifice and so sacrifice is something that moves the hand of God amen amen yes and I said that 
Worship is never complete without sacrifice. Tell your neighbor, worship is never complete. Worship is never complete without sacrifice. Yes, worship is never complete without sacrifice. Your sacrifice, number two, moves God than your prayer. Say, my sacrifice, my sacrifice moves God, moves God than my prayer. Than my prayer. What do I mean? I, I, I used an example the other day. When you go to the doctors and um, you go and you try to explain your condition to the doctor and the doctor will listen to you and they might prescribe some drugs for you and then you go and you take the drugs, it doesn't work. You go again, you will go to describe again, they will prescribe another something else for you and it doesn't work. Sometimes you can go and come three times and your condition might not change. But one thing that sometimes they do is they will say, go and do a blood test, right? So after your blood test, they will read the blood test and then they will be able to interpret exactly what possibly is wrong with you. Can I, can I tell you something? Yes, sir. Sometimes your blood speaks better than your mouth. Did you hear what I said? Yes. I said sometimes your blood speaks better than your Yes, when you go to the doctors and sometimes you are trying to describe whatever is wrong with you, they may not get it until they read your blood test, isn't it? Yes. After that, you are able to say, oh, possibly there is some bacterial infection here. There is that here. So that is what exactly is wrong with you. And that is what happens also in the house of God. In the house of God, your sacrifice, your money is your blood. When you come to the house of God and you place any offering here at the altar, it speaks for you. It speaks on your behalf. It actually activates something on your behalf. There is nobody that just puts money at the altar because they feel like just dropping money. Anybody that puts money in an offering, they have a reason for which what? They gave the money. Is that not it? Yes. I mean, many years ago, my father taught me that I should never give an offering without speaking over the offering. So anytime I want to give an offering, I speak over the offering. I am prophetically sending the offering to accomplish a specific assignment. So as I take an offering in my hand, I speak and I declare as this offering touches the offering basket and I release it at the altar, may it activate uncommon doors for me. And as they are passing it around, I drop it. As I drop it, what? I have done is that I am sending that offering to go and unlock what on common doors. Maybe my speech was not sufficient, but there is something that cannot go wrong. That is my offering. Amen. If my speech is not enough to intervene for me in the corridors of heaven, there is something that can never go wrong. That is my what? My sacrifice. Why? Because in the realms of the spirit, there is something that happens when a person sacrifices. When sacrifices are activated spiritually, there is a release. Amen. Somebody shout a release. A release. Shout, shout a release. A release. Shout a release. A release. Yes, when sacrifices are activated in the spirit, there is always a release in the spirit. And what happens is that your sacrifice speaks in the realms of the spirit. The Bible says the blood of Hebel 
speaks, cries from the ground. Any sacrifice that is made speaks, has a voice. It is communicating a language in the spirit. So, your sacrifice moves God, like I said, than your prayer. Number three, when your sacrifice touches God, when, when you sacrifice it, it touches God because he feels how, how it, he knows how it feels to sacrifice. I mean, what I mean is that God has once upon a time sacrificed. So when you make a sacrifice, he's able to identify with you. The other day, God said, gather unto me those who have a covenant with me by sacrifice. He was not gathering everybody. God was calling certain people into his fold. And he says, gather, gather unto me, my son, the people that have covenanted with me by sacrifice. There are certain people that have a covenant with God based on the sacrifices they make. And that is why I always tell you, don't ever desire to live at God's mercy. Desire to live by his covenant. Somebody say covenant. Covenant. Shall we say covenant? Covenant. Let's read Psalm 50 verses 5. One read, one go. Shall we read on the screen? One go. Those who have what? Made a covenant with me by sacrifice. A covenant is like a contract. They are terms that, I mean, um, um, you fulfill and they are terms that he is also obligated to fulfill. Are you getting me? So yes, when sir. you make a covenant with God by the sacrifices you make, there are certain things heaven has no option than to do in your life. Why? Because of the covenant that goes on when a man makes a sacrifice. Amen. Let me tell you, never underestimate every little sacrifice you do in the house of God. Use it in prayer. Yesterday, those that were watching me last night, I was making a statement that when you, the Bible says that do not come into the house of God empty what? Now, when that scripture literally doesn't mean that every time, I mean, he doesn't only refer to money that come to God with an offering. No, it also refers to every single thing that you can present to God at the altar. In other words, let's say I have a document I am submitting for, 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 for a job. When I am coming to the house of God, I am not coming empty-handed. I am coming with a document in my hands to present to the altar and say, Father, Monday I need favor in that office as I present Send this document yeah. at your altar. Let there be a release of your favor. Yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, so sir. when you came to the house of God, it is not just a matter of offering. There is something else you held for heaven to see and say, God, speak unto this and release a favor and release a blessing. Amen. 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 Now let's go this. So when, when the Bible says gather unto me, my children, those that have a covenant with me by sacrifice, sacrifice activates covenant. Somebody say covenant. Covenant. Shout covenant. Covenant. And once you remind God and say, God, remember that day when it was raining. Like this, when it is raining, and especially you are boarding a matatu, and the rains are falling on you, you begin to pray, Father, remember, this sacrifice that I'm making, as I enter that auditorium, let there be a miracle in my life. Let Amen. that, my mother that is in the hospital, let there be salvation. Let there be deliverance. Let it be that you activate. As you do that, heavens remember. 
Let me tell you, the other day, God wanted to kill a king called Hezekiah. And the Bible says, God actually sent a prophet to Hezekiah, I mean to Hezekiah, to tell Hezekiah, son, you are going to die. You will not live. Prepare your way. Put your house in order for you will die and not live. In 2 Kings chapter 20, shall we read one go? In those days, Hezekiah mm -hmm. was sick. Mm -hmm. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, mm -hmm. Thus says the Lord, mm -hmm. set your house in order, for you shall die and clean. Now, before, you see, one thing that shocked me this morning is this. Before Hezekiah, before God told Hezekiah this, Hezekiah had done so much for God. I think I was mentioned, I mentioned it even last night. Hezekiah had done so much for the Lord. And my question is, regardless of the sacrifices that Hezekiah had rendered for the Lord, regardless of the, 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 the services that Hezekiah had rendered for the Lord, Hezekiah became unwell. And God said, Hezekiah, because of your condition, you are going to die. You will not live. Prepare your house. Put your house in order. For you shall die and not live. And now, my question is, so God, have you, have you forgotten what Hezekiah did for you? Have you forgotten that he was the king that he, he was not just a king. He was a king that was serving in the house of God. Are you following me? Yes. He was a king all right. He had, he was in a position of influence, but he was still serving in the house of God. Putting the house of God in order. Making sure that the things in the house of God was in place. Some of you, if you become even a manager of a certain uh, small company in Kawa, even that, when you come to church, you want everybody to bow down to you. You have arrived. Hezekiah was a whole king. He was still serving. Tell your neighbor, who are you? Serve, serve, serve. Tell your neighbor, serve. He was a whole king, but he was still serving in the house of God. He didn't say, I'm too big to serve. I'm too big. Especially if, if they come to church with a hired Prado. Somebody say mercy. Mercy. They come to church with a hired Prado. Now they want to make sure that everybody moves their car for them. You think we don't know you hired it. We know. We are not just saying it. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, my friend. My friend. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. And serve. And serve. Yeah. <laughs> Hezekiah was a king. But he was still serving. Ready to serve. Ready to, to work in the house of God. And now, this is where I'm going. Take me back to the scripture. And he says, the Lord says, put your house in order for you shall die and not live. Now, next point. Next verse. Then he turned his face towards the wall and prayed to the Lord saying, uh -huh. remember now. Tell your neighbor, remember. remember. Now, this is what I want you to do. Sometimes you need to remind God of your sacrifices. Mm. If you assume that he knows my friend, you may make a mistake. You may die after doing too much for the kingdom. But you need to remind God of your sacrifices. God told Hezekiah he was going to die. When Hezekiah brought God into remembrance, God changed his mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, sir. The same God that said to the man he was going to die. But when Hezekiah said, sir, have you forgotten? 
I've done too much for you to die. I have served you too well. I've done too much in the kingdom to die. Now the question is, was Hezekiah a perfect man? No. But there were some things he had done for God that he realized that it cannot be ignored. Mm. I pray for you. Yes. May the little things you do for the house of God, may they be remembered. In the time of crisis, in the time where you feel like you don't even have the lips to pray, yes. you don't have voice, energy to pray, yes. may your sacrifices be for you. Amen. I said, may your sacrifices be for you. Amen. I said, may your sacrifices be for you. Amen. When you bring, when you enter the court of heaven and you are bringing you see, your sacrifice in the court of heaven I mean, I mean, it's like evidence in the court of heaven. Somebody say evidence. Evidence. When you go to court and you want your, 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 your um, um, whatever it is that you are, you, are, you are telling the judge to really be proven, you, you substantiate it with some, some evidence. Mm. If you come to the presence of God, what evidence do you have? Oh, you come to church. Everybody comes to church. You pay your tithe. Everybody pays their tithe. You give offering. We all give offering. There must be something beyond the call of duty that you can remind God and say, Papa God, remember the sacrifices I have done. Remember how I did, I did not have money, but I walked from my house to come to church every Sunday just to praise your name, just to make sure that your house is in order. Remember how I, I am the one that is in charge cleaning the church. Remember how I am making sure every week I am following up on people. May those sacrifices speak for me. And I tell you, heaven will remember your sacrifices. Amen. But some of you, you have got nothing, absolutely nothing to remind God about. Mm. You are just around. Tell your neighbor, are you just around? Ask are you just around? You should not just be around. There must be something you have done for the kingdom you can remind God of. In fact, if you have not done anything, at least let me give you something. As we are about to do a fundraising, just do something significant and tell God, on next week's Sunday, I will do something significant for you to an extent that it shall become a memorial in heaven. Amen. Something you have never done before. So that any time, hear me, hear me. I said your sacrifices and your services speak than your prayer. Say my sacrifices. My sacrifice. And my services to God. And my services to speaks, God. Speaks. Speaks. Better than my prayer. Better than my prayer. There is another, I mean possibly maybe in the future I'll teach you, another form of prayer. There is another form of prayer where you don't pray with your lips, but you pray with your sacrifice. See, there comes a time in your life that you can't pray. Have you been there? Yes. Where something has happened to you so bad that you don't even have the energy. You, you are just motionless. You are just on your bed and you are just looking at the ceiling. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Sir. You are just looking at the ceiling. You, there comes a time certain things can hit you in life so hard that you can't even pray. Have you been there? Yes. If you have not been there, that means you are too young. You have not seen anything in life. Certain things can really hit you. You begin to go, and go like, wow, so God, really? <laughs> See, some things can happen to you. You even begin to doubt the existence of God. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. You begin to doubt whether, ah, so, I mean, if God is really, so how can that happen to me? You begin to doubt. 
Let me give you a story. One day, the first time I came to Kenya, I was preaching for Bishop Pius Miri. That was in 2012. That was the first time I'd come to Kenya. I'd done conferences. So I was preaching for Bishop Pius Miri. And in the service, it was powerful. There was a man in the service. I called the man. I said, man, are you whatever? Mr. Mwangi says, yes. The man jumps. I said, man, the Lord is ministering to me. You have lost your prado. He says, yes, sir. The man begins to cry. He said, how do you know? I said, I'm a prophet. I said, I want to show you where your prado is. I said, they called this number. I literally gave the phone number that he's supposed to call. Call the number. He called the number. And I said, do you know anybody in a place called Kikuyu? He says, yes. Call, there is a set, call the number. You call the number. Go, let the person go to Kikuyu. The person go there. I said, let the person go to this place. I literally gave directions to the man. The man followed. The man let the person that he called followed. And exactly where he said, the car was parked there. Wow. Guess what? Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Now, I, we prayed, I mean, ministered to so many people prophetically and, and did so much in, the, in, in, the, in, the, in that service. So me, I've come home to my hotel. I've gone to change. I've gone to the restaurant to eat. As I went back to my hotel room, my door, this is a hotel, the door was broken. Not unlocked, broken. They broke the door and took every single thing I had. And I mean everything. And I'm like, ah, God, surely. I just preached. <laughs> just an hour ago. I mean, prophesied. I prophesied. I am showing people where their lost items are. <laughs> Can I tell you something? At that very moment, I began to ask myself, ah, ah. Is, this, is this thing, you, you see, you begin to even doubt what you have. And you be, now, so God, really? I told myself, you know what? I have a certificate. I quit. I'm going to do engineering. I'm an engineer, professional engineer, trained. Uh -uh, take your Bible. You can let somebody steal my things. My friend, see, have something happened to you and you feel like you are going crazy? Yes. Exactly, that is what happened to me. I felt like I was going mad. Now, they did not leave anything. They stole everything. The only thing they left was my passport. They told me, go back to your home. <laughs> they, let, they stole my back, shoes, clothes, everything. I felt like I was going mad. So, and in that moment, you begin to even doubt what is happening. Surely, God, can you allow that to happen? You know? And guess what? There is a dimension in God that sometimes God will bring you down so that you also feel you are also a man. Yes, sir. See, Paul said, I have a weakness in my body. I pray three times that God will take it away. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. I am not taking it away. In other words, Paul said, I was given this infirmity so that I will not be exalted above measure. God will sometimes make it, doesn't matter how anointed you are, make you feel like a human being. Normal man will behave like situations that happen to anybody can happen to you so that you don't exalt yourself. So that after you have done all those anointings and all those spiritual things, you have come also go to God, humble yourself and pray for a miracle. Yes. 
Are you getting my point? Yes, sir. Yes. So, some things can happen to you that make you feel that, ah, uh-uh, what is going on here? You don't even have the energy to pray. Now, when those things happen to you, guess what? What speaks for you is not your prayer because at that moment, you can't even pray. What speaks for you is the services and the sacrifices you have done for God. Yes. And when you don't have anything on your altar, on your spiritual altar, like that, it becomes very difficult for God to intervene in your behalf. So Hezekiah said, Father, remember. Guess what? The people that stole my things, eventually, they, what happened to them? It was bad. Hear me. Let's read one. Go. Remember now, O oh Lord, mm-hmm. I pray how I have walked before you in truth with a loyal heart. And I've explained to you the phrase, walk before you in truth and with a loyal heart means how I have served you. Tell your neighbor, served you. Served you. Hezekiah says, Sir, I have served you to remember the things I have done for the kingdom and save my life. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Father, you are going to kill me. Me, remember. Remember. Ladies and gentlemen, find a way to remind God of your sacrifices. It is a form of prayer. Imagine if Hezekiah had not made this prayer and told God, Father, remember, the guy would have died. Prematurely. Are you getting me? Yes. He would have died. The question is, didn't God see all that he was doing? God saw. But guess what? There comes a time you must find a way to remind God of what you have done. Hezekiah said, Papa, God, remember, I've done too much for you. I cannot die. And next verse. And it happened before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him saying, the same Isaiah that came to declare the word I, Hezekiah was going to die. Another prophecy came and said, go tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, uh-huh, saying, next verse, return to Hezekiah, the leader of my people. That says who? The Shall Lord. we read one go? That says the Lord, the God of David, your father. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely, I will hear you on the third day of now imagine God gave a word immediately as Hezekiah brought his services and his sacrifices to the altar God said Isaiah go tell Hezekiah the leader of my people that I the Lord I have heard your prayer somebody say I have heard your prayer I have heard your prayer. Hezekiah did not pray in the house of God. He prayed in his house and God still heard it. Can I tell you something? It doesn't matter where you pray. As long as you are using the right words, God will hear you. Amen. Hello? Hello? You can pray in the, at the mountain but use the wrong words and it will be zero. Nothing will be heard. But Hezekiah prayed in his house. As long as he used the right words, he was able to bring God into remembrance. He was heard. Mm. Amen? Amen. Tell anybody, use the right words in prayer. Use the right words in prayer. See, there is something called spiritual activity. There are certain people when they pray, they don't really pray. They are undergoing spiritual activity. They are just exciting their spirit. They are just in the presence of God. They are actually doing absolutely nothing. In terms of communication to God, zero. Let me give you an example. Pastor Joshua, come stand here. Let's assume Pastor Joshua is God. And I am in prayer. And I come. T, T, he, 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 he. 
No, um, that is not tongues. Okay, let me actually speak a language, a typical language. Yeah? Now, I'm trying to, I'm going to speak my mother tongue, my Ghanaian language. Do you understand Ghanaian language? No. I may be speaking a language for two hours. And because he, I am not communicating, there is no way he will hear, neither will he answer or respond to what I'm saying. Isn't it? If I can even speak it for five hours. But guess what? The response is zero. Why? Because he's not understanding me. In the same way, most of us go to God and we are not communicating to God. We are actually undergoing a spiritual activity for two hours, three hours, one hour, sometimes seven days at the mountain, wasting time. Not because God does not want to hear you to hear. God does not want to hear because you are not using the right language. You are not literally communicating in prayer. So guess what? You are praying. The Bible says, James says, we pray and we do not get results because we pray amiss. As long as you pray amiss, my friend, you can pray for 40 days. It is still amiss. Hello? Hello? Are you getting me? Yes. If you keep praying amiss, my friend, nothing will happen. The response is what? Zero. But if you go to God and you communicate with the right language, like Hezekiah, Father, remember my sacrifices and save my life. Heaven will remember and save your life. Now, give me this scripture in Amplify. Amplify says you pray to to satisfy your lustful, selfish motive. Shall we read one go? Everybody read one go. You ask God for something and not receive. Now hold it. Let's start again. You ask God for something and do not what? Receive it. You ask God for something and do not what? Receive it. So now you are going to know the reason why you have been asking at the mountains for 40 days and you have not received. Now, you ask God for something and do not receive it because you ask it with the wrong one. Motives. As long as the motive is wrong, you can ask for 40 days. In fact, 100 days of prayer, nothing will happen. Oh God, can you see? Uh, the other day, God, Pastor Rewe came with a car. God, I also need a car like Pastor Rewe. My friend is zero. Wrong motive. Tell you about wrong motive. Wrong motive. Yeah. If the motive of your prayer. It doesn't matter whether you spend 100 days in prayer or 1,000 days, my friend. Wrong motive. The response is what? Zero. Zero. Shall we read one go? You ask God for something and do not receive it because you ask it with the wrong motive. Out of selfishness or with unrighteous agenda. Tell your neighbor, unrighteous agenda. Unrighteous agenda. Unrighteous agenda. Unrighteous agenda. Unrighteous agenda. Let me tell you a story. Tell us. <laughs> and then some say, some, someone says, when, when they come to church, they are just waiting for the next story. <laughs> I was praying for a lady and uh, the husband is a police officer. It's believing God. They are separated. And police officer says they don't, she does not want the husband to assess the children. Say, Papa, pray that this man is transferred to Zamburu or Trokana or somewhere else. I'm like, hey, can you reverse the curve a little? Let's assume you were an officer and your husband asked me to pray so that you'll be transferred from Nairobi to Zamburu. Will you be okay? 
Say, Papa, no, this man is evil. I said, that kind of prayer, my daughter, I'm not praying. She says, okay, Papa. The last one she said, I, I burst out laughing. Say, Papa, can you pray so that he's sent to Haiti? I said, hey! You know, police is being deployed to Haiti. Yes. I'm like, wow. wow. This one. So, <laughs> so <laughs> he wants the husband to go to a war zone in case anything happens. <laughs> Unrighteous what? Agenda. agenda. Praying with what? Unrighteous agenda. agenda. He says, you ask and you not receive because you are out of selfishness with an unrighteous agenda so that when you get it, you would spend it on your hedonistic desires. What is the meaning of hedonistic? Hey, my God. Lastful. Last. I mean, something that is, comes out of last. Ask your neighbor, who was your English teacher? Who was your English teacher? Let's go. So Hezekiah prayed. Hezekiah prayed. Let's get back to the scripture. Hezekiah prayed and said, Lord, remember me. And God said, I am going to heal you. God remember. And on the third day, he says, I will deliver you. He says, I will add 50 more years to your years. The man that was supposed to die, God added 50 more years to his years. I pray that may your sacrifices grant you long life. Amen. I said, may your sacrifices grant you long life. Amen. One secret to long life. I don't care the report the doctors has given you. One secret to long life is sacrificing in the house of God. Amen. Did you hear what I said? Yes. One secret to long life is sacrificing in the house of God. When your sacrifices speak in the house of God, when you sacrifice for humanity, when you sacrifice for God's people, it speaks for you. When you read Psalm 91, God said, I will satisfy you with long life because you have set your love upon me. God satisfy us with long life. Why? Because you love what he loves. I cannot die before my time. So it's with long life. Go back. Uh, go, uh, yes. Uh, let's start from here. One go. I will deliver him. I will set him on high. Because he has what? Yes, not my Verse 15. He shall come I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will and I will. Take me back to 13. Verse 13. Verse 13. Shall we read a hand? Let's one go. And long line. And the serpent you shall tremble. Uh-huh. Verse 14. Shall we read now? Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will what? When you love God, you love everything that he does. You love his house. You support his house. You stand for the house. You stand for the vision. You see, you cannot love without giving. But you can give without yes, loving. Yes, sir. Did you hear what I said? Yes. You cannot love without one. But you can give without one. Yes. If somebody says they love you, they love you, they love you, and they cannot give to you, they don't. It's a, it's a what? Yes, sir. It's a lie. But somebody can give to you without loving. But if somebody says they love you, they must be willing to give to you. 
If somebody says they love you, but they are always taking from you. That one is something dangerous. Let's continue. He says, uh-huh. Wait. Oh, oh, scripture. Shall we read one go? With long life will I, I will satisfy you. And show him my salvation. Yes, he said, because you have set your love upon me, I will satisfy you with long life. When you stand for the things of God. And, no, let me give you an example. God calls his house, his work. This is the work of God. Tell your neighbor the work of God. The work of God. That is why it doesn't matter the attack that comes onto any church. It still stands. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Why? Because it is God. If it is really from God, if it is God's work, it will stand and drive. Hello? Hello? Are you getting me? Yes, sir. Yeah. God's work. So God will make sure that his work thrives, his work stands, his work progresses. So if you are working in the house of God, you are not just working for man. You are working for who? For Jehovah. Jehovah. So if he, like the Bible calls us our, he, we are his workmanship. We are his staff. Literally, anybody that serves, whether you serve in the Austrian choir, whatever, you are not a staff of, of um, Grace Arena. You are God's staff. You are a staff of heaven. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. Say, I work for God. I work for God. Shout it like your voice is yours. Say, I work for God. I work for now, God. Now, in your working for God, let's assume here, we, I mean, God has two staff members here. And those, there is one that just comes and sits around and enjoy, cross their legs and always want the best seat. And there's the other that comes and serves, work around, do things, play the keyboard, doing things, making sure, either rain or shine, they are, they are making sure that they are here. And two of them, God forbid it happens, one of them is to die. Who do you think God will kill? Who do you think God will allow to die? Because if the one that is in service dies, the work of God will go short. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. Sir. But the one that is around, just around and just with your, you know, if God wants to lose you, God does not lose. If you are to be lost, God does not lose a thing. So there are certain people, God will do everything to keep alive. And I pray that from today, may you begin to work for God to an extent that God will do everything to keep you alive. Amen. Are you hearing me? Yes. God will do everything to do what? To, to keep, keep you alive. alive. I remember when I was traveling to London this time, we have never had turbulence in the air. You know, from as much as I started traveling, I have been traveling sometimes eight times in a year. Sometimes I can take 20 f- flights. 20 back forth, back forth, back forth within one year. Hear me? As much as I've been traveling, I've never seen turbulence like that. The last time I went to London. You see, turbulence normally comes five minutes, ten minutes, it stops. This one for three to four consecutive hours, the plane was shaking in the air. My friend, we all thought something was going to happen. Do you know they didn't serve food in the plane? There was no food served. They told us everybody sit down. When you get up, the pilot says, I said everybody sit down. We kick, 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 kick. In the plane. My friend, I didn't pray. 
See, they have to stop pretending. Pray for where? The tension alone cannot make you pray. It was shaking in the air like that. But in the midst of it, there is something that, some calmness I was feeling. That I know my assignment is not ended. So I cannot die. Amen. Are you getting my point? Yes. I just had a conviction in my spirit that I can't die premature. If everybody is to die, me, I'm not dying. Yeah. I was so convinced in my spirit at some point. I said, whatever, come with me. We are landing. Yeah. People were, everybody was shaking. People, the plane was quiet. I told myself, are there Christians in this plane? The reason why I was so convinced I'm not dying is because I, tell, I know I have done too much for the kingdom to die premature. Amen. Are you getting me? Yes. Yeah, and I've got an assignment. See, when I went to Cameroon, I was sharing this testimony on um, um, during the Kesha. A boy I prayed, I prayed for seven years ago came to give a testimony in the service. He says he was going to take poison to kill himself. He had bought poison ready to drink and die. And somehow... The poison fell. He didn't drink. Came to the service. He said, let me go to this service. If nothing happens, I go kill myself. So he came to the service and I ministered. The, the pastor waited for me to get into the church and allowed the boy to give the testimony. The, the boy said, sir, you prayed for me seven years ago and you told me there is a call of God upon my life. Now, after you said that, you instructed me to follow my call and not kill myself. Guess what? He didn't kill himself. He started a ministry within a year. Now his church is the fastest and the biggest growing church in that area. Amen. A young one within a span of six years has the biggest church in the whole area in Cameroon. Why? Because a man came. He was about to kill himself. And a man, he said the only name he remembered was he didn't even remember my full name. He only remembered my name, the middle name, which I hardly use, Kofi. There's a prophet called Kofi that came here and spoke over my life. I am just waiting. So when he saw the that same pastor post the flyer, he left his church. The whole week, the guy was in the conference. Even on Sunday morning, he didn't go preach in his church with his wife. He stayed in the conference. He said, without you, I would have died. Now, so do you think there are many others like him that God will use me to save? So all the whatever thousand congregation that boy has, it is credited to the declaration I made over his life. So I can't die before my time. Amen. Are you getting my point? Yes, sir. God will somehow, it doesn't matter what happens, God will somehow find a way to preserve me so that lives like him shall be preserved and they can be able to advance the kingdom. In the same light, even when you are sitting on the drums and playing the drums or doing anything, that little thing you are doing, mm. it is going a long way to advance the kingdom. Amen. It is support of the kingdom so you cannot die premature. Amen. And guess what? We will prosper. Tell your neighbor we will prosper. We will prosper. Yes, God will make sure we prosper. God will make sure he blesses us. Amen? Amen. He will bless us. Tell your neighbor God will bless us. God will bless us. It doesn't matter what happens. God will find a way to bless us. Amen. And I know, can you hear me? Yes. 
as they try to fix it, well, fix the screen and fix whatever it is, I mean, I think we, we, shall, we shall still continue. God will find a way to bless you regardless of what happens in your life. As long as you are advancing his work, as long as you are advancing the kingdom. Amen? Amen. Yes. You must be that kind of a child of God that is ready to advance the kingdom of God, advance the work regardless. Hezekiah said, Father, remember. And God said, I have remembered what you have done. I am adding 15 more years to your years. And because of that, things began to happen. I pray for you. May your sacrifices be remembered by God. Amen. I said, may your sacrifices be remembered by God. Amen. I said, may your sacrifices be remembered by God. Amen. If you are here, shout, I receive that. I receive it. Shout, I receive that. I receive it. There was a man, there was a woman also called Dorcas in Acts chapter 9. Dorcas was a woman who used to sew clothes for the widows in the church. And it so happened that one day Dorcas died. And when Dorcas died, the church members were so moved and trouble to an extent that they felt like we have lost an asset in the church. We will not allow Dorcas to die. The Bible said Peter was in the next town. Say they said, let us call for Peter, Apostle Peter, to come peradventure. When Dorcas prays, when Peter prays, I beg your pardon, Dorcas will come back to life. So they called for Peter and Peter came. And when Peter came, the Bible said they began to show Peter samples of the clothings and the garments Dorcas used to make whilst she was alive. I want you to note something here. Dorcas was dead, but her works were still speaking. Are you hearing me? Yes. Sir. She was dead. She was motionless has become inanimate. But guess what? Her sacrifices and her services were being presented to Apostle Peter. Can I tell you something? Yes. You can be in the hospital and things you do here can still be remembered. Yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Sir. You can be in the clinic. You are at the verge of dying. Let's assume you bought this property. It doesn't matter. There is no way. There are certain things. Eh? I always tell you, you need to be spiritually alert to connect with. Imagine we are buying church land and you yourself, you decide to fully commit to it and the entire church moves. As long as the church stands, you and your generation will forever be blessed. Amen. Why? You don't even need to be a prophet to explain that simple mathematics to, for, to, to explain that simple mathematics to you. Why? Because as the people worship on the land, they are praying on the land, they are doing things on the land, it goes into your account. You were part of the people that made that church possible. Are you following me? Yes. Sir. Yes. Acts chapter um, 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 and nine. Let's read. Now, let's read from verse 36. Shall we read one go? This woman was full of good works. Now, the Bible says she was full of what? She was full, she was full of what? She was full of what? Dorcas was full of good works, but she died. 
Don't let people deceive you into thinking you are suffering because you are evil. You see, it's very easy for people to attribute somebody's death and sickness to the father. Oh, it's because of their sin. My friend, stop that old school mentality. There are good people that still die. There are good people that still suffer. It is not anybody, everybody that is suffering is because of their sins and because of their troubles. Dorcas was a good person. She fell sick and died. Die. That is what scripture says. Ah, if God was to judge you and make you alive because of your goodness, you, nobody will be here. Hello? Hello? Yes. So Dorcas was good, but she still died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in, a, in an upper room. Uh -huh. Shall we read verse 38? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. uh -huh. So when Peter got there, all the widows said, sir, look at the works this woman used to do. Dorcas was dead, but they were showing Peter the tunics and the garments that Dorcas used to make. Peter took hold of the garments. And the Bible said the guy went to the upper room. My question for you is here is very simple. Dorcas came back to life because they had something to show. Peter. Evidence, something to say that this woman has been doing this. Is there something we can really show about you if you are in the hospital? In fact, some of you, people will not even notice you. Hello? Hello? Yes. There is nothing you, you yourself, you can remind God. Father, remember me. I bought one light. Father, remember, ah, I, I make sure people that come to church are fed with tea and bread. There is there something we can say about you? Let me tell you. I'm always reminding you there comes a time you can't pray with your lips. It is your services that will pray for you. That speaks for you. What have you done? When they call for prayer meetings, you don't even attend. You are intercessory. You have never attended a prayer meeting. Ah, me, I'm sleeping. It is midnight. Ah, midnight. Yeah. Yes, we are together in the spirit. Thank you. In which spirit? You are in your bed sleeping and say, I will join you in spirit. Christians and their jargons. Dangerous. So Peter put all of them out and knelt down. Peter was having a garment. So Peter knelt down on the dead body and began to make a prayer. Peter has something to use as a point of contact on the dead body to speak. And when Peter prayed, Dorcas came back to life. Why? Because of her services. A woman was brought back to life because of her services. I pray. If there is anything in your life that the devil wants to kill, yes. but your services may you come, may it come back to life. I receive. May Jehovah God remember your services, and if anything at all, may you be the one that shall be preserved. If you are here, shout I receive it. I receive shout it. I receive it. I receive shout it. I receive it. I receive Say, Lord, Lord, remember my sacrifices. Remember my sacrifices. What have you done that can speak for you? See, this one, it was the members that literally advocated that they call Peter to come and pray for Dorcas. Can I say something? I always say, make sure you are an asset in the church and not a liability. Mm -hmm. That 
when you are not around, we will even desire, oh, where is he? Where is she? We need her to be here. You become so much of an asset and not a liability. Are we here? Yes. Yeah. Become an asset to the house of God and not a liability. Make it easy for your man of God to pray for you. Let me give you an example. I always say, when I am praying, me, I will tell you just as it is. I will not pretend. Let me tell you one thing. When I am praying, there are some people's names I cannot forget when I'm praying. Hello? Hello. I pray for everybody and this is how I pray for everybody. Everybody that comes to Grace Arena. Yes. Anybody that needs a job. Yes. Anybody that needs husband. Anybody that needs healing. Anybody whose mother or daughter is in the hospital. I can pray like that for one hour for everybody. But now after I have done that prayer for everybody, I begin to mention, oh Lord, may you remember Dr. Francine. How? Because I cannot forget certain people's names. Hello? Yes. It is natural. It is normal. I'm not a machine to remember everybody's name. If any pastor tells you that they remember everybody in their church's name is a lie when they are praying. It's not possible. Yes. But let it be that I will not forget your name when I'm praying. Amen. Hello? Hello? Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Some years ago, I was in my office in London and uh, my wife comes to knock the door. Comes and knock. See, the name she calls me determines her mood. Her mood determines the name she will call me. So, she says, baby, or oh, my love, or oh, that means she needs money or she needs something. <laughs> but now, she comes and knocks the door and says, David. When he says, David, that means there's a problem. See, when somebody's moon is not right, they don't have time for mentioning funny names. <laughs> says, David, can we talk? So, when a woman says, can we talk? You start to scan your head. What have you done? So, I begin to think, what have I done? Okay. I said, okay. What is it about? I said, I told, I'm busy. But you tell me, what is it about that we want to talk about? So that I, because I need to prepare a defense. In case there is something I have done that I don't know. I said, you give me a hint of what we are going to talk about. I'm busy. Say so we need to talk about the way you pray in this house. I said, ah, let's talk now. If it's about prayer, you can talk now. He says, let's, I said, let's talk now. What is it about the way I pray in this house? He says, when you are praying in this house, I hear you mention certain people's names. And you pray with a lot of anointing. I said, okay. He said, there are certain people you pray for them and it's like you don't even want to pray. I said, oh, really? I said, mention some of the names that when you hear me pray, you hear me pray with a lot of anointing. She starts mentioning, she starts mentioning, she starts mentioning. I said, okay. Now tell me some of the names that you hear me pray and you, say, and you think the anointing is not strong. She said, I said, now I see. These people you say, I am mentioning their names with strong anointing. They are the ones that stand with the church. They are the ones that support the church. They are doing things. They are always there for the ministry. But these other ones, they are the troublesome members. <laughs> so it is very natural for me not to pray for them with a lot of anointing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. He says, no, you are a pastor. You must be fair. I said, my friend, even God is not fair. 
ah, God, you, God is just, but he's not fair. He said, Jacob, I love. Esau, I hated. These are children in a mother's womb. They have not done anything. They were not born. God says, I love one of the twin. The other one I hate. Those guys were not born. Surely, is that fairness? No. If God was fair, you'd be in Buckingham Palace right now. <laughs> if God, God is just. He's a just God. But it's not fair. Yes, it is written. One go. Jacob, I. But Esau, I. Imagine those guys were not born. They were in their mother's womb. Make it easy for God to love you. Hello? Hello? Yes. So, there are certain things you do that moves the hand of God to your side. Now, give me Luke chapter 7, the last scripture, and then we can try and round up. Luke chapter 7 from verse 1. Luke chapter 7 from verse 1. Luke 7. Shall we read one go? Now let's read. This is the last scripture. One go. Uh-huh. He entered where? He entered where? Kappa. He entered Capenium. Say Capenium. Yeah, when you go home, type this same thing on Google and type pronunciation. So they will teach you how to pronounce it. Kappa what num? Say Capenium. <laughs> yeah, he entered Capenium. Yeah. I think we have done this some months ago. Yeah. It's the school you went to. It's not your fault. It's your school. Say Capenium. Start it again. Say Capenium. Now, shall we read one go? People, somebody will still say the wrong thing. I can bet. I bet you. Shall we read one go? Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Let's go. Uh huh. Uh huh. So when he sent elders of the Jews to Now hold on there. The Bible says Jesus had entered into Capernaum and uh, um, he was preaching, he had ministered. And take me back to verse 2. The Bible says, Now a centurion servant who was sick was dear to him was about to die. Now Jesus is doing a crusade in Capernaum. And one man half a servant, not even a son. And the servant is about to die. Now the man had the guts, the impudence, the infantry to send elders of the Jews to Jesus. To go and call Jesus to come to his house. To come and pray for his servant. Really? He didn't go by himself. He even sent the elders. So when he, when, um, when he heard about Jesus, he sent the elders of the Jews to him. Pleading with him to come and heal his servant. Now let's listen to something here. When they came to Jesus, shall we read? One go. Now do you know, take me back, take me back, take me back. 
the elders said to Jesus, Sir, this man is deserving that you go to his house. Really? He should leave the entire city of Capernaum and go to one man's house. If it was a pastor that did it today, the way people would criticize him, he, he, he was doing the church and he left the service to go pray for someone, why wouldn't he go? Hello? Hello? When the elders came, say, sir, leave everything. Let's go to this man's house for he is deserving. And they said, why? Verse 5. For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. I thought Jesus would say, and so what? If he has built a synagogue, and so what? The next thing we hear is that the Bible says, next verse, and Jesus went with them full stop. He didn't even question Jesus followed them. Say, oh yeah, let's go. He has built a synagogue. Leave these 5,000 people. Let's go to his house. Hello? Hello? So, don't you think those other 5,000 people, there were sick people in the congregation in Capernaum? There were sick people there. There were people who were lame, blind, who also needed Jesus' miracle. But guess what? Jesus left everything and went to one man who had built a synagogue. Why? Because the man had done something that these other guys had not done. What is it? If Jesus is to check into town today, what is it that you have done for the kingdom that will make him leave everything and want to meet your need? We are all here praying for miracles, isn't it? Me, I'm number one. The way I'm praying for serious things in the coming year, I don't know. We are praying for serious things. Everyone here. Is there anyone here that doesn't have a need? We all have needs, isn't it? But some of us our needs will come earlier than others. Why? Because we have done things for Jehovah. I pray for you. Yes. That may you begin to place a sacrifice at the altar. Yes. That will command heaven and activate heaven to speak for you. Yes. That will cause God to do things for you when he does not even want to do it. Amen. If you are here, shout, I receive that. I receive that. Jesus left an entire city in Capernaum and went to one man's house. Why? Because they said, this man has built us a synagogue. Jesus says, let's go. If he has built a synagogue, let's go. Do you know when, let's be upstanding. My time is up, so we need to close. When, 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 when Jesus sent his disciples to go preach, do you know why he told them? He said, don't take your wallet, don't take your purse, don't take anything. When you go into the city, look for a wealthy man and stay with him. Stay with him. Jesus, if I tell you some of the things that happen in scripture, even you, you'll be shocked. Jesus said, don't take anything. Look for a wealthy man in the city and stay with him. Let him take care of you. I pray that God will bless you yes. to an extent that you willingly and fully sacrifice for the things of God. And see, and sacrifice does not only come in the form of money. It can come in your service. The things you do for, you are just around. You don't do anything for them. Some people, even in their work, they don't, they don't do anything for free. Hey, hear me. They, I mean, do you think I'm running a charity? Nobody says you are running a charity. Sometimes help somebody. Tell anybody and say, please, sometimes help someone. Please, sometimes help someone. Yeah. Just, just, we know you are running a business, but at least sometimes just do something to help someone out of your good heart. Amen? Amen. Yes. It is still service to humanity. Lift up your hands unto God. I like that song.
sacrifice feels the pain. The living sacrifice had the option. You have the option to leave the altar. But you have the option to stay at the altar. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. It doesn't matter how painful it gets. Stay at the altar. Because as you stay, that is where the great blessing and the great power is released. Lift up your hands. I have more than a song today. I brought myself 
say, Lord, let me be a living sacrifice. Help me to make sacrifices for the kingdom. Let it be that I shall be able to move beyond the call of beauty from today. I have been serving you, but let me be able to make sacrifices. Come on, begin to talk to God. Lift up your voice and talk to God. Lift up your voice and talk to God. Lift up your voice and talk to God. of sacrifice let us believe in sacrifices holy and acceptable unto you in the mighty name of jesus we ask so god speak to us let your word illuminate us transform us let your word oh god shift us to the place where we belong in the mighty name of jesus and everyone shouted and said amen somebody shout a better amen i said shout a better amen Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. 